Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. This is our post-game edition. Coming from Texas, we're on our way home from uh, the wonderful city of Austin, Texas. And uh, quite a game for Oklahoma State. Quite a win. 32-24 to 24 over Texas. Jacob, there was so much uh, so much to talk about, I don't even really know where to start. I mean, we could start with uh, talking about Jason Taylor's interception and, and the, the magnitudinal switch of the game that that... Uh, that 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 through uh we could talk about the defense in the fourth quarter the offense in the fourth quarter we could talk about uh jalen warren and his day the defense stopping Bijan robinson you know, I, I have no idea where to start there's there's so much it was it was quite a trip for osu to austin it was um, i i th- i think we've got to start I don't know. Man, I'm with you. I want to start with Jason Taylor, but I also think the fourth quarter right, with the, the defense and and then Jalen Warren coming alive feels like the the starting point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Oklahoma State falls behind 24-13, to 13, middle of the third quarter, really early third quarter uh, in terms of time. Uh, and it felt like uh, felt like things might be slipping away, but the defense turned, to, turned things up from that point. Bijan Robinson got six more carries for 15 yards after his his touchdown that put Texas up 24 to 13. After that point, no more first downs for uh, for Texas. And uh, what was it? 12 12 total yards. Yeah. After uh, after that, that point. one yard in the fourth quarter. One yard. One in the yard. Fourth quarter. Really uh, a wildly impressive finish for the Oklahoma State defense that uh, that just uh felt like business as usual almost but you you uh, you stack it all up and it was really impressive i mean this is one of the better offenses in the big 12 yeah. and they adjusted um a couple times they, they struggled but when you see them get the inside control like they do figure out the outside stuff that texas was beating them with and that defensive line is so good up front right that it, it took over the game Brock Martin was back. I thought that he was uh, was very effective. The toughest man alive. Oh my goodness! If uh, if he doesn't have a, a NFL future, he's got a pro wrestling future with yeah. the beating those guys take. Well, I, well, apparently he's donating his body to science, according <laughs> to Gundy. According to Gundy, he's um, donating his body to science. So uh, you know, as people want to study the toughness of this kid. Uh, yeah, very impressive performance by him. Came up with a couple of big plays late. The Brock Martin play, I loved the I loved the uh, the call of the uh, of that where Jim Knowles says he just uh, rushes in and tackles everything in the backfield. Uh, really, uh, really incredible play, and then uh, and then to contain Casey Thompson on the uh, on the fourth down scramble, mm-hmm. they're tackling for uh, for uh, either a sack or a zero yard gain, however you prefer to uh, to stat that uh, that play. 
Sure felt like a sack. I give him a sack in my book. Don't know that that's uh, officially how college football does it, but I give him a sack in my book. So um, really impressive, really a big boost to uh, to this defense to have him back in the fold. I thought that was uh, really important for this game and will be for the next one, which we can uh, talk about a little bit at the end of the uh, the end of the show here. Uh, but, uh, you know, Bijan Robinson goes for, for 135 yards on 21 carries. But, uh, as I said, most of that came in the, in the first two and uh, not even a half quarter uh, once, he, uh, once he broke loose for that, uh, that 38-yard touchdown run. That was it. They, uh, they shut the door on him. Still really impressive back. Bijan had me thinking he was going to single-handedly beat OSU's defense. Yes. I mean, he just looked – Unstoppable for the first half. Yeah, he really did. It looked like they were going to have a lot of trouble with him, and then Casey Thompson was uh, was hitting some pass plays, making some plays in the uh, in the throwing game to uh, to keep things off balance. I think what helped too is OSU started getting to Casey. They looked close the first quarter and a half or right. so maybe, and then they started getting to him and started putting started. They got a sack. They started hitting him harder. Um, and that really kind of, I think, changed things for Casey a little bit too. And and props to Casey. I don't know how he got up after Malcolm crushed oh him. Oh my goodness! No, and, and only missed a play. Came out for one play and uh, and was right back in. So. And I thought, I think I'd be in the hospital. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I would I would have shattered about three ribs, probably punctured a lung if yeah. I had taken that hit. And I think Malcolm might have been a little surprised that Casey <laughs> got back up. To be honest, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, showed some real toughness from Casey Thompson in uh, in getting back from that, coming back in and, and playing, and not showing any real uh, visual uh, effects from that in terms of uh, it hurting his uh, his throwing motion or anything like that, as far as we could tell. Anyway, um, he looked uh, he looked just fine. Well, from his that first point play on. back was a bullet. Yeah, it was. Throw. It was. It almost felt like he was trying to air it out just to see, maybe. I don't know. Right. But Test things out a little bit, maybe. It, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this this defense, we've talked so much about it. I don't – I mean, I I try to put a finger on what they do to, do to keep doing this. And it's just – you know, I know Gundy talked about culture and the veteran leadership, and, and I go with that. But there's just something about the way they're able to adjust with Jim Knowles. Yeah. That really impresses me. It's it's very impressive, and the fact that they've got so many veteran guys that have been around for a while, and and they've got some some new faces too, some some younger guys. But um, but the uh, the guys that have been part of this defense since Knowles got here, or or shortly thereafter, are able to do so much in this defense that it allows him to make a lot of changes i think or a lot of adjustments when necessary to uh, to do things and uh you know throw out things that that defenses haven't seen or that offenses haven't seen um throw out you know disguised coverages like he talked about with the jason taylor interception uh a play call that uh he said it was a little bit risky to uh to try to disguise that coverage that way and uh and it worked out because they they were uh pretty convinced that that's where the throw was going so I, I wanted to ask Jim we didn't get a lot of time with him but I wanted to ask he talked about the riskiness like what how do you weigh the risk, risk and reward sometimes as a defensive coordinator in this because there were times earlier that the risk was 
they were getting burned with the risk. Right. Yeah. You know, they were. There was uh, the play against Jason Taylor that went for fifty-eight yards. Right. That the uh, Worthy got behind Taylor because they were playing tight and blitzing and and left Worthy and left Worthy on Taylor alone, and he just ran past Jason at first. Yeah. And Jason caught him, but it was it was one of those plays that stood out in my mind. Like that was one of those risky plays that Knowles likes to dial up, and a couple times they got burned early. Yeah. Yeah, they did, but uh, but he dials up that uh, that disguised coverage on uh, on middle of the second quarter. Five thirteen left in the second quarter. Taylor uh, Taylor Bates, Casey Thompson into throwing that pass, steps in front of it and and goes eighty five yards for the touchdown. Here's my question: Is that the is that the biggest is that the play of the year for this Oklahoma State team to this point? I think it is. I think so too. Um, because if if they go in and it's uh, twenty one to three after that, right? I think OSU's done. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just felt like oh, the game was over at that point if Texas had gone in and scored a touchdown. Yeah, um, even a field goal was going to feel huge, but right, touchdown felt like the end. Um, and Jason, I mean, he also had his blocked field goal against Boise State. Right. I yeah. mean. Maybe Jason Taylor is the uh, the real MVP here. I don't know, but <laughs> right. uh, man, he he has saved him twice in games now. That's right. And, Two huge plays, and you know, I that I, I think that's the play of the year, though. I, I I think so too. And who called it? You did. I right did. Here, right here I on did. this show, right on this very podcast. I did. I didn't want to brag too much, but I'm going to brag anyways. It, you uh, you deserve to. You deserve to. Uh, Give it up to yourself, as they say. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be such a monumental pick six, but I <laughs> right. predicted it for ta- for Jason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, huge, huge play. Um, let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, felt like uh, felt like nothing was working uh, early on. The run game wasn't uh, wasn't effective. Guys were dropping throws when Spencer was on target. And then he uh, he seemed to get uh, kind of lose some confidence after that point and uh, and go downhill a little bit. And it, uh, it it got a little bit a little bit dicey. It got a little bit scary at that point for uh, for the Oklahoma State offense. But they figured some things out in the second half. They, uh, they they changed the way that they were blocking their their zone running schemes, giving uh, giving Warren a little bit more room for cutbacks. And uh, and that's what uh, what he does really well. That that, that one cut and uh, explode through the hole. Is uh, is really the uh, the way that he is most effective? He ends up with 193 yards on 33 carries. One of his uh, one of his better games, but 118 in the fourth quarter. 118 on 13 carries in the fourth quarter. Incredibly uh, incredibly impressive after uh, after taking the beating that he did in the first half. I thought. Yeah, it's you know he gave credit. We, we actually got to talk to him thanks to. Uh, Barry Trammell on that one right. for asking Gundy to let us talk to Jalen, and uh, he did. And his first comment, uh, we asked him. I don't think it wasn't even about the offensive line. I don't remember the first <laughs> no. question was, but he first said they had to thank the offensive line. I think there's a lot, of, lot to say to that too. Um, they were they were struggling at first. They didn't protect well for for Spencer, right? Especially early. Um, the the they weren't getting a lot of push in the run game, and then they wore Texas down. Yeah, they did. You're exactly right, Jacob. The way that uh, that this run game has taken off is is incredibly impressive. When you think back to 
what they were after the first two weeks. They had, they had rushed for 194 yards against Missouri State and Tulsa through two weeks total. And now they're cranking out 193-yard games by Jalen Warren on uh, against Texas. And it's, uh, it's pretty wild to think about where this offensive line was at that point and where they are now. Yeah, I... You know, you talk with Josh Seals, and it just seems like they've—they're comfortable together in this group, right? You know, it took a little bit to find maybe that group that worked, um, and he's—you know—he said earlier last week that that group's just really figuring things out, and they worked on fundamentals in the bye week. Maybe that helped some in this too, <laughs> right? Um, I don't know, but when you think about how far their run game has come, especially Jalen Warren, too. I mean, he had, what, five carries the first game of the season. Yeah, against Missouri State. Um, you know, you had L.D. Brown and Des Jackson. L.D.'s hurt. We don't know when he's back. Des was suited up and healthy yesterday, supposedly. Didn't even enter the game. Right. Dominic Richardson is used very little. Yeah. He was good yesterday when he was used, I thought. Yeah, he was had fine. The big, the big reception on the screen pass. Yeah. Right? That uh, play that otherwise hadn't really worked all day for them. Yeah, it was great on that. Was uh, had a good kick return. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, he's making an impact, but it's all about Jalen right now. They found their. You know, I mean, I think uh, we haven't talked about this, but we never really talked about who who replaces Chuba. Right. And I think they found the replacement. Yeah. You they know, did. it was one of those. He thought it was a committee, and it turns out no, it's just Jalen Warren. Yeah, it is, and. Uh, and and they're uh, they're running him hard, and he has uh, has responded. It's uh, it's pretty fascinating because as I started digging into to his past for a story that I wrote a couple of weeks ago, I, I assumed that he had at least one year at JUCO where he just ran his wheels off. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he was the he was the junior college player of the year, his offensive player of the year, his uh, sophomore year at Snow College. Uh, he uh, he led the uh, led the nation in rushing yards per game that season, so I was like, surely they were running him thirty times a game, but no, they were uh, they were blowing people out so bad that he only averaged eighteen carries a game that <laughs> season. So, and then you know his first year he he shared uh, shared the load with a guy who was an All American, uh, and then he got to Utah State and and he was a uh, he was a committee back there as well. So. This guy's never really had this uh, this type of workload, but he's absolutely designed for it and handles it incredibly well. The uh, you know they had the one issue where uh, where he was cramping up against uh, what was that Kansas State, I guess it was. Yeah, yeah. And he's a sweater. He is. He's a sweater, but uh, but he is handling uh, handling this workload incredibly well at this point. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch him. And uh, and see the uh, the physicality that he runs with, and the uh, the ability to take hits and deliver hits is uh, is incredibly impressive. And for uh, for Oklahoma State to even brought him in is uh, it was it's fascinating to, to think about where they would be without him right now. Yeah, because they were they were only, they only brought him in because they thought they were losing LD. Exactly. And I mean. It felt, you know, if they knew L, if they had known LD was staying earlier, Jalen Warren wouldn't be here. No, and he'd probably. I mean, who knows where he ends up? But I don't know if he gets the kind of play that he gets in OSU either. Right, exactly. It's um, it's changed his career path and uh, and that of uh, Oklahoma State season. So and now you don't have LD. Um, 
Des Jackson, who played a big part last year, isn't being utilized if he's healthy right now. Right. So I, I just – you can't say enough about Jalen Warren right now, what he's meant to this team. Um, I asked Josh Steele yesterday, what can he – what can he not do? You're right. And he said nothing. He can do anything. And, you know, it, and, I, and I almost wish I had time to dig in, like, well, can he so – can he, you know, can he, <laughs> can he cook? Can you know, just right. to, just to play along a little, just to just to see what else he can do. Right, I'm I'm totally convinced he can uh, he can sew and cook probably, and uh, and and probably cuts the hair of everybody on the team too. He probably while he's, does. While he's at it. He probably, uh, you know, hunts his own meat. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, it's uh, who knows with this guy grows his own vegetables. Right. Um, I don't know. Like this. Uh, He's just he's doing it all. I mean the he caught Pat he caught a I know he caught a screen on the two point conversion that there's nowhere for him to go. Right. And I feel like he made another pass a couple other passes. Yeah, but, he had a uh, couple other catches in the game as well. So Yeah, so um, he's doing it all. Making life easy for Spencer Sanders who's not getting a lot of time in the pocket. He didn't no. get help yesterday from the receivers. You brought that up earlier. I haven't talked much about this even off the air, but uh Tay Martin did not have a very good game yesterday. No, he had uh, had easily his worst game as a as a cowboy. Well, this season, he might have. I mean, last year he was hardly used, but um, his worst uh, worst game as uh, as the primary receiver of this offense. He finished with forty eight yards on six catches, targeted ten times, but dropped a touchdown pass. Dropped a catchable long ball on the very first uh, yeah. play of the game. I'd give him a little pass on that. Right. He's diving, it's you yeah. know, it's, That's it's n- not it's as not, easy. Not an easy catch. But the touchdown but he has to catch. Yes, that was uh, that was rough. That was uh, that was a bad one. So, um, yeah, they uh, things could have changed with a uh, a better start from uh, to the game from Tay Martin yesterday. And Brennan Presley had a good game, though. They, they, they're starting to figure out ways to get Brennan Presley the ball. Yeah, they are. That's important. He had the long run on the reverse, which was a, a well-designed play. Nearly uh, completed a pass to Spencer Sanders on a trick play that would have gone for big yardage. I think Brennan wants that throwback. Oh, I think so. I uh, I really think so. Because he had the touchdown catch, too. But Yeah, yeah, had the touchdown late that was, uh, that was crucial. And uh, yeah, they've they've got to find ways to get him the ball because uh, you know he had that one screen play where he uh, he gained some yardage, making he, some guys miss. He ran 120 miles an hour into the teeth of the defense again on that one. <laughs> yeah, he did. He just he just has no fear. It's fun to watch for yeah. for such a small player. Absolutely, uh, pretty fascinating to uh, to to see him and and his attitude, knowing how small he is compared to uh, compared to the other guys. Uh, say this, jumping back to Jalen Warren. Up close, he looked smaller than I expected. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was taken aback, you know, because this is the closest we've been to him. This is the first time we got to interview him, and uh, you know, he's uh, he's he is thickly built, but he's not as big as I was expecting him to be. He looks like the bowling ball, like he was described to us right. in the preseason. Exactly, he just does. It's it's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. So Scott. They're six and zero. Yep. Got Iowa State this week. I don't want to look ahead too yet, too far yet. But how good do you think this team is? Um, I'm just going to leave my suitcase packed for uh, for the Big Twelve Championship when we're okay. coming back down I-35 here in a, in a, in a few weeks. Okay. Um, I I think they're good enough to, to get there. I think they uh, they beat Iowa State and, uh, and then cruise through the easy part of their schedule. 
don't know what to think about Bedlam right now because uh, things are so uh, fluid with OU. Yeah. And they might turn out to be uh, kind of like last year, taking a, a second half run that is uh, that is going to be pretty impressive. They still got a lot of their tough schedule left at OU. They do. They they've got uh, they've got some tough games left. So. But uh, well, you're but but you mentioned the OSU schedule. They're they're in a spot here if they win Saturday. I don't know how they don't end up in Arlington. Yeah, exactly. Because they're, they're going to have to lose. Uh, uh, lose to somebody that they're not supposed to lose to, which yeah. uh, which has has bitten them in the past. Uh, you know, under Gundy, they they've had their moments when they've uh, they've lost some games that they're not supposed to. Um, you know, you think about a couple of their TCU losses uh, the last uh, the mm-hmm. last few years and things like that. TCU seems like the team that I would worry. I guess they got to go to Lubbock. Weird things happen in Lubbock. Yeah, that's for, for OSU. Sure. Um, Kansas, I. I don't think that's going to be a issue. Um, I think they can run out. Yeah, they can not play most of their starters probably, and right. still win that game. Exactly. Um, no, no concerns there. Yeah, they still win by twenty, and if they didn't even play their, most of their starters. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're set up big time here. Um, I don't. It's crazy to think they're going from unranked to. I mean, we're recording this before the AP poll comes out and the coaches poll comes right. out. They've got to be a top ten team this week. Yeah, I, I fully expect that this week. Um, might even climb up into the uh, the you know the eight range. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a possibility. We'll uh, we'll see what happens there. But this team is definitely uh, definitely on the rise right now. And a lot of people took note of this defense yesterday, and that's uh, that's something that's going to bode well for them. And uh, not that the uh, the, the outside expectations matter you got to go win on saturday still but uh, i think they uh they earned some respect from uh from some people because of the way their defense played in the second half yesterday all right well uh i didn't bring up tom hutton but he had a 60 yard punt um so uh so that's uh that's off the table for the most important things i forgot but what else <laughs> anything else oh that, uh, uh, we didn't talk about tanner brown we didn't. We got to talk about Tanner Brown. We, didn't. I, uh, we uh, don't. We don't talk a ton about kickers on here unless it's your boy Tom Hutton, right? Um, but uh, four field goals. He's five for five on the season now. Yep. Hit a thirty-nine yarder yesterday. He did. He also hit the. Uh, anyone got the game winner? The decisive field yes. goal. The go-ahead field goal would have been would have been the game winner. Yes. If, uh, if Oklahoma State had run out the clock. Yes. But, but they didn't. Um, and so, he is now the kicker moving forward, according to Mike Gundy. Um, Alex Hale did warm up. Was hitting, looked appeared to be hitting. We have a hard time on the angle we were at in the press box, but uh, was kicking fifty some odd yard field goals. Yeah. Um, but Tanner Brown appears to have t- overtaken him. I think there's a lot of trust there now, right, for Gundy and Tanner Brown. Yeah, and you go out and hit a a thirty nine yarder in uh, in this environment, and then uh, hit a twenty nine yarder with the uh, the pressure that he had on him at that point because. At that point, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know your offense is going to go score another mm-hmm. touchdown. Um, you're just uh, you're you're thinking this might be our uh, our last chance at points, and you're thinking this is the game on the line for me. Um, that's a, there was a lot of pressure in that situation to go and hit that kick was impressive. All right, anything else that uh, that deserves a, a little bit of a mention here we, before we wrap up? It's not football related, but I'm going to bring it up. Waco traffic was the worst. Oh my goodness! Uh, getting from Oklahoma City to Austin 
was one of the most miserable drives of uh, of, of my life on Friday. That was because we brutal. Hit so much bad traffic, and then again Saturday night after the game, driving back to Dallas, Waco is just a, a disaster. We were parked literally in park. I had the car in park on on the interstate, and we were for, debating ways I to go find a bathroom or use yes. the bathroom because we were all desperately needing to find yes. a bathroom, and it was just uncomfortable and it miserable. Was, it was, uh, it was bordering, bordering on drastic circumstances. Yeah. Waco needs to get things fixed. Yes. Because even on the way down there Friday, we tried to divert around the interstate construction, and it took us into more construction Yes, through Waco. So, But Austin overall was great. We got great barbecue. Oh, yeah. Um, great breakfast tacos. We got the breakfast tacos like we, we wanted. We did. Right. So, they came through big time on, uh, on the stadium food. I was yes. very, very excited so, about that. Love Austin. Always do. So. All right. We didn't talk much about Iowa State, but we'll get into that on uh, on our midweek podcast after we talk to Mike Gundy on Monday and players on Tuesday. We'll, uh, we'll come back and uh, bring you another edition of the Cowboy Chronicles podcast. <laughs>